0: You know, many people believe in this world, there's many different uh, religions and different philosophies, different faiths. And many people believe that nobody can have full knowledge. A lot of the Eastern religions believe that in fact, enlightenment, which is what they try to attain to, enlightenment only happens in the here and now. And what you experience right now is true reality. And I I heard a a parable a few weeks ago, and it was actually a Buddhist parable. And if you're new here or something, we're not Buddhists, so uh, don't worry. Uh, But I heard this Buddhist parable, and I thought it was really neat. Basically, the parable went like this. Five blind men are told to go and discover what an elephant is. And so they go up to the elephant. The elephant is standing there. And the first blind man comes up to the elephant. And he goes up to the elephant's leg. And he hugs the elephant's leg. And he turns to, to the four other blind men. And he says, he says, an elephant. They said, tell us what an elephant's like. And they said, an elephant is like a pillar. And so the second blind man comes. And, uh, and he comes up to the elephant. And this time he goes up to the elephant's side. And he touches the elephant's side and he looks at the first blind man and he says, what are you talking about? An elephant isn't like a pillar, an elephant is like a wall. And so then the third blind man comes along and he says, well, let me see. I'll, I'll decide for whether it's a, a pillar or a wall. And he comes up to the uh, elephant's tail and he grabs hold of the elephant's tail. And he says, you guys, I don't know what you're smoking or something, but this isn't a pillar. This isn't a wall. This is a rope. An elephant is like a rope. And so the fourth man. Comes along and uh, and he comes up to the elephant and he comes around the other side of the elephant and he sees uh, the front of the elephant and he grabs hold of the elephant's ear. And he said, what are you guys thinking? It's not a pillar, it's not a wall, it's not a rope. It's like a fan that you fan yourself with. And when it gets hot, that's what an elephant is like. So then the final blind man comes along and he thinks, I don't know what these guys were on, but they're confusing me like crazy. I'm going to see for myself. So he goes up to the elephant, and he goes to the elephant's face, and he starts touching around, and he feels the elephant's tusk. And he said, I don't know what you guys are touching, but it isn't a pillar, it's not a wall, it's not a rope, it's not a fan. It's a sword, an elephant feels like a sword. And that's the Buddhist parable. And the Buddhist parable is this. Basically, nobody can know all things at once. But what if, and this isn't in the parable, but what if, There was a sixth man, a sixth man, not a man who was blind, but a man who could see. What would happen if they turned along? What would that man say to these five blind men? He would say, he would say, yes, to the first one, you're right. It is like a pillar, but that's the elephant's leg. Then he would say to the next one, yes, you're right, what you're feeling right, it is like a wall, but that is what you call the elephant's side." He would come to the third one, what you're feeling, yes, it feels like a rope, but in fact, it's an elephant's tail. He would come to the fourth one, he would say, that's not a fan, that's in fact the elephant's ear that you are touching. And he would say to the last one, he said, it's not a sword at all, it's actually the elephant's tusk. That's what the sixth man would say to the five blind men. And the reason he would say that is because he knows that you can't judge an elephant by its leg. And you can't judge an elephant just by the side, or by its tail, or by its ears, or by its tusk. You can only judge an elephant by seeing the whole elephant. The whole elephant. I mean, to us it would be crazy if we were to say, yes, an elephant is just like one big pillar. Because we know, we can see elephants, and we know that elephants, there is so much more to elephants. You know, but I have a fear in my life. And I fear that we are sometimes like these five blind men. We judge life on what we are experiencing right at that moment. What we we feel and what we see right at that moment. We judge God by directly what is in front of us. And our faith is so often dependent on our circumstances and the things that we see right around us. I fear that even though, like in my life, I'm a person of faith, I I fear that sometimes I am far too often like one of these five blind men. Blind to the fact that there is so much more going on in life than what I can experience or what I see or what I even give credit for. You know, as I look at my life and as I look at other people's lives, I, I see there's like three different types of people in life. I think there are people who can see the light. There are people who are in darkness And then there are people who can see clearly. Let me explain it a a little bit. That There are actually literally people in this world who are blind that they cannot see anything. They cannot see any light. They can't see shadows. They can't see shapes. They can't see colors. They cannot see anything. They are in total darkness for their entire life. And then there are people in this world who are what we call functionally or legally or partially blind. And some of you may be thinking, well, that's me this morning. But then there are people who who are like that. And they can see. And they see light. And they see shapes. And they see silhouettes. But they don't see clearly. I remember the first time I ever tried Raquel's glasses on. I'm like, girl, you're blind. I'm like, I couldn't believe how blind thick her lenses were and and the very first time I saw Raquel she had like the biggest glasses in the world so if you ever come over our house I'll, I'll show you a picture of Raquel in her glasses and stuff it's pretty funny but but her eyes are really bad that when she takes her glasses off she can't see very well but then there are those and that's like the most of us who we can see clearly we know what colors are. We know what shapes are. We know, we know if something is dark or if it's light. We, 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 we know uh, uh, what somebody looks like. or what they, we, we know when we see things. And that is a physical kind of blindness. And there are people in this world who are in darkness. There are people who can partially see. And there are people, most of us, who can see clearly. But I also know that there are people who are in spiritual darkness as well. There are also people who spiritually can see just light, but they can't see clearly. And then there are those who spiritually can see clearly. And that's what I want to talk to you today about. I want to talk about these three different types of people ones who can't see it all, one who can just see the light, and then those who can see clearly. Jesus had been performing many miracles, and Jesus had been on this earth for about 31 years, and he was going around, and he was performing miracles. In fact, Jesus had just fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two small fish. I mean, that's just an incredible thought to think. How would that even be possible that somebody could do that? But the Bible records that Jesus had just done this. And then Jesus had just walked on water. He defied gravity and he walked on water. Unbelievable. Then Jesus Had come to many people who were oppressed by demons and things in their lives. And Jesus had cast those out of them. And everybody had seen and been in awe about what Jesus had done. And, and then Jesus had just come to a lady. A lady had come to him. She had been sick since she was a teenager. And no doctor or physician had been able to heal her. And she had come up to Jesus. And she just touched Jesus' garments. And immediately she was healed. And she rejoiced and told everybody. And then Jesus had just come. And, and a man who was deaf from birth. Jesus had given him hearing. And he could hear once again. And all those things had happened. And then we come into a chapter in the Bible called Mark chapter 8. And if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Mark chapter 8 this morning. I want to show you this morning exactly how these three different kinds of people live out their lives. And the very first one I want to talk about today is people who can partially see. People who see the light. This is what Mark, eight chapter, uh, uh, Mark chapter 8 verse 1 says. It says, about this time, another large crowd had gathered. Everywhere Jesus had been, large crowds had been gathering. And the people ran out of food again. And Jesus called the disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. Uh, They have been with me here for three days and they have nothing left to eat. If I send some of them home hungry, they will faint along the way for some of them, have come a long distance. The disciples replied, how are we supposed to feed or find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. Jesus told all the people, sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves. He thanked God for them. And he broke them into pieces. And he gave them to the disciples who distributed bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too. So Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about 4,000 people in the crowd that day. And Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. And it says, immediately after this, Jesus got into a boat with his disciples. So we find Jesus has been teaching for many days. And this gathering of people have just gathered and it's got bigger and bigger. And immediately Jesus looks and he's like, these people are hungry. They've got no food to eat at all. They're hungry. And so Jesus asks them, he says, okay, what do we have here? And they turn around and he says, we, his disciples says, we've got seven loaves of bread. I don't know what it is about the disciples and bread, but like everywhere they went, they must have like had a stash of bread somewhere. If it had been me, Jesus would have asked. I'd have been like, uh, i got some M&Ms and a Snicker bar or something like that. But it was bread for them. All I hope is that the bread that they had wasn't stale and it was like fresh Wegmans bread. I mean, have you tried that stuff? That's real good. But they had bread. And Jesus asked the disciples, he says, okay... These seven loaves of bread, now we're going to feed these 4,000 people. The reply of the disciples was one of doubt. They were thinking, how on earth are we going to feed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread? I mean, that's like hardly anything. It's like a wafer, a communion wafer each. I mean, they're thinking, how are we going to do this? Now, think about this for a moment. What did I just say before? They had just seen Jesus perform all these miracles. A few days before, maybe a few months before, Jesus had been confronted with a crowd of 5,000 people, 5,000 people who were hungry, and Jesus had five loaves of bread, two fish, and Jesus was able to feed them all with leftovers. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, if we're hungry, Jesus is the man to come to, right? But then a couple of weeks later, They're confronted by the same situation, and they doubt Jesus. They doubt Jesus. These disciples, they they had already seen Jesus do the impossible, create something out of nothing. But there was a problem with these disciples. At this point in their lives, these disciples could only see the light they couldn't see clearly. And we see once again, Jesus performs an incredible miracle that uh, I'll be honest, if I didn't believe in God and I didn't believe that the Bible were the words of God, I would not believe myself. Jesus fed 4,000 people with seven measly loaves of bread. And you would think after that that the disciples would start believing God for everything. You would think that they would question anything. They would think that anything is possible with God. Well, look at this. Same day, the same day, Mark chapter 8, verse 14. But the disciples, they were on the boat and they were on a journey. And it says, the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. I'm like, oh. well, they got rid of their secret stash of bread and now they had no food left. They only had one loaf of bread with them. So I don't know, maybe it was Judas. He was like hiding his little loaf of bread. But they had one loaf of bread between them. And as they were crossing the water, Jesus warned them, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this, the disciples began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. I'm like, I don't know who was on bread duty, but they had failed that day. Jesus knew exactly what they were saying. So he said, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take this in? You have eyes, but you can't see. You have ears, but you can't hear. Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread... How many baskets of leftover did you pick up after? And you could just see them with their heads down. They're like, yeah, 12, 12 baskets. Then Jesus says, and when I fed, like this day, today, when I fed 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you have or pick up? Seven, they said. And Jesus says, don't you understand? I mean, I think Jesus is is pretty annoyed at this. Jesus is a great guy, very calm most of the time. But when he's told people to do something and he's shown them and they continually doubt, I'm sure Jesus just gets very anxious with himself because he's like, are these people never going to get it? And this was the disciples. They just didn't get it. They were arguing. Can you believe this? They were arguing about it. There was just 12 of them. And they had no food. And they were arguing. And they were worrying that they had no food between them. And they had just seen Jesus feed 4,000 people. I mean, it's comical, to be honest. It's comical. But yet, they argued between them. Jesus had just performed a mind-boggling mi- uh, miracle. And now they argued between them. You know, back in 2006, I had a period of my life, about six months, when I s- stopped tithing to my local church. I wasn't poor, but I was a little short a few days, a few months. And... I remember that I was at a large church, a mega church, and trust me, they did not need my money at all. So I came to the conclusion, I need my money more than they need my money, so I'm not going to give at the moment until I get myself back on track. And I remember I made that decision, and for six months, I didn't give. And I had more money in my bank account, but for some reason, I had less money. If that makes sense. It was just, it was just weird that uh, I was bringing more money and less expensive were going out. But yet yeah, I continued to struggle and struggle. And I'd never struggled as much before. And I remember after about six months, God just reminded me of something he did to me or into, in my life in 2005. And in 2005, I moved to the United States and uh, I had no job and no visa at the time. I wasn't illegal, don't worry. And, uh, and, and I had... Uh, and we were just on... One, I just got married and we were on one salary. And Or oh, I was about to get married. And we were on one, one salary, Raquel's salary. And it wasn't enough to cover all, all of our expenses. And I remember uh, when, when we moved, my, Raquel said to me, we, we paid for our own wedding. And uh, we budgeted really well. And then a week before... Uh, the wedding, we realized we needed $5,000 more. I mean, that's great budgeting, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so, and we didn't have it. We didn't have $5,000. And uh, I remember just being this young, gutsy guy of like, God will do anything. Praise, the God. Praise God. And I said to her, don't worry. God's going to provide. I was like, we've been faithful to God in what, in, in what we've sown into God's kingdom. I said, God's going to provide. And I, up until that point in my life, ever since I was a kid, my, my parents had taught me to give onto on, on a church, on to give to, the, to uh, the, the kingdom of God. And even when I had like a paper round, I was earning like 10 pounds a week, which is like 15 bucks a week. My parents still taught me to tithe. It's not like the church needed my, uh, my one pound or my $1.50. But my parents were teaching me a principle. And so all my life, I had given and given to, 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 to the local church and to the kingdom of God. And God had always been so faithful. And I've watched my parents. My parents were not rich by any means. When I went to university, I got a grant because my parents were like in the low income. Uh, and so I was able to get extra money. Uh, because, because of that. and so my, But my parents had never gone without. And so I, I'd learned this principle. And I remember when I said to Raquel that day, I said, don't worry, God is going to provide. And that was on the Friday. On the Monday, somebody gave us a check for $5,000. Now, I'm just saying, that does not happen every day. Does not happen every day. And, uh, and let me tell you, if you give to God, it doesn't mean you're going to get a check for $5,000. And if you hear someone say that, then they're lying because it's not true. But God provides for people. But what I learned that day, a year later, I stopped tithing or stopped giving because I was running short. And I remember when God reminded me about it like that, my eyes suddenly became open. To what this tithing thing was all about. And this isn't a message of tithing. It isn't. I promise you. But I discovered that day. I remember all my life I'd been tithing. And I I had been like living in the light. I could see. Because the word of God talks about it. And it's a commandment. So I'd done it. But for the first time in my life. I realized that my tithe wasn't for God's. Or God's benefit. It was for my benefit. Now, that makes no sense, no sense at all to to anybody in this world. Because in an earthly realm, it's like you get as much as you can, right? Not give as much away. But I remember specifically when I, I got to that place and I repented before God. And I'm like, God, I'm sorry. You were doing this for my benefit. And I became so consumed with myself that I couldn't see properly. And from that time on, I was like, you know, I'm never going to get into that place again where I'm not going to give unto God. Because I remember it's for my benefit. Because what I was doing, I was sowing into the kingdom of God. And the things I was sowing, God was giving a harvest. And when I stopped sowing, eventually it became barren. And you see that there are so many people in this world. And that's just one example uh, in my life, but there are so many, they see the light, but they don't have full sight. These people, they understand who Jesus is, and I understood who Jesus was. He was my Lord and Savior. There are, there are people who know that Jesus is capable of performing the miraculous. They've seen Jesus change lives, they've even seen Jesus change their own lives. They believe in Jesus, but there's a problem. They don't see the whole picture. They doubt that Jesus will come. They can't fully comprehend who Jesus really is. They don't see the light. Oh, sorry, they see the light, but they can't get past what they see, they feel, they hear, and they experience. And you know what I discovered was? I was like a blind man holding a leg of an elephant. I was living my life by what I just see and feel. So those, there are those who live in the light. Then there are those who stay in darkness. And the majority of us here this morning, we're we're probably not these people, but you've got friends and neighbors who who are these people. And in Mark chapter 8, verse 11, it says, When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him, testing him. They demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When they heard this, they sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation such a sign. So he got back into the boat and left them and crossed to the other side of the lake. So we got a second group of people. And they're even worse off than the first group of people. At least the first group of people have faith in Jesus. Jesus. But the second group of people are people who just can't see the light at all. They live in darkness. They can't make out shapes. They can't make out silhouettes. And Jesus encountered these people. There was a group of people called the Pharisees who were so caught up in their religious law, they could not see the freedom that this man, Jesus Christ, could bring. They had seen Jesus perform miracles but yet, it didn't affect them at all. They demanded a sign, a miracle from Jesus. But the trouble was, Jesus had given plenty of signs. Jesus just fed four thousand people with five loaves of bread, with seven loaves of bread. They demanded a sign, but the reason Jesus didn't give them a sign because if he had, they still would not have believed. These are people who just plainly don't believe. They are so stuck in darkness that they don't believe that there are those out there who can see the light. You know, there's other faiths that believe that you can't have total enlightenment in life. And the reason is, is because they're so stuck in darkness, they don't even realize that there are people out there who can see the light. These are the blind men who, when they come and touch an elephant, they can't even come to terms that there was actually somebody who could see an elephant. So it's like I remember my, 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 my dad telling me. Throughout all the years of, of, of him being a pastor. There were different people who came into uh, his church. And there, there was a couple who had been in his church for 20 odd years. And they'd been in every service. They'd listened to every message. But yet they'd never given their lives to Jesus Christ. They came because they like the, the, the fellowship and the friendships. and You know, they came because they were lonely and something to do. But they'd never given their lives to Jesus Christ. And it's people like that. They're just so stuck in spiritual darkness. When they hear the words of Jesus, they still don't believe. And many of you, you've got friends and you've got families. And you know they are like that. They're just so stuck in this darkness. So that's the second person. Those who see in darkness. And then there there, there is the third person. The third type of people. And they are the ones that see clearly. In Mark chapter 8 verse 22 we see an account. And this is an example of somebody who sees clearly. It says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him to the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on them and asked, can you see anything now? So we have a blind man who is in darkness for his life. He can't see light. He can't see shapes. He is in darkness and he meets Jesus. And Jesus spits in his eyes. How many of you feel it? Like sometimes you get spit in your eyes, you know? I, I mean, that would be awful, but at least he didn't. He was so blind he couldn't see, it was like spit, you know? I mean, it could have been anything. But Jesus spit in his eyes, and then Jesus rubs his eyes and asks him, Can you see clearly? The man looked around and he said, Yes. So at this point, the man is thinking he can see clearly. He said, I see people. But I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. I mean, could you imagine a man blind from birth suddenly seeing a person? He's like, whoa, is that what I look like all these years? You know, like a big tree walking around. And at this moment, this man, he has gone from living in the darkness to living in the light. He can now see. And for most of us, we, we would hear this and we would think, wow, what an incredible miracle. Jesus did it again. Good old Jesus. But Jesus isn't satisfied. See, Jesus isn't satisfied with people living in the light. Jesus wants you to see clearly. And this is what it says. The man, after he said, that they look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back to the village on your way home. So now we've got a man. He was in darkness. Then he saw the light. And now he's seeing clearly. See, when Jesus gives people sight, Jesus does it so you see clearly. But let's continue. Immediately after this, it says, Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the village near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking, so as they were going on their journey, Jesus asked them, who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say that you are one of the prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Peter replied, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. So we've got here a man originally who was physically blind. And Jesus gave him physical sight. Now you've got these disciples who at one point were living in darkness. Remember what I said before, they're now living in the light. I mean, they see Jesus, but they're not believing Jesus for everything. And now Jesus asked them a question. Who do you say I am? And in this moment, we see a man called Peter whose eyes get opened to who Jesus really is. And he says, You are the Messiah. You see, people who see Jesus in the light sometimes get Jesus confused with others. Remember, they said some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're a prophet. See, people who see Jesus in the light get confused. They get the good that goes on in their life confused with it being God. And then when bad goes on in their life, they think that God's not there. Because they're just seeing the light. They're seeing what they feel or experience. And and they were looking at Jesus. And they were like, well, Jesus, he reminds us of one of these other prophets. But Peter, Peter's had his eyes open. And in this moment, Peter says, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. He's saying, you are God in human form. Peter was just like this blind man. But yet God had opened his spiritual eyes. Peter now at this point could see the whole picture. Jesus wasn't put on this earth just to perform some miracles. He wasn't on this earth just to say some nice wise things that we can follow. Jesus was put on this earth to save mankind from their sins. He realized he was God in human form and people who see clearly. Understand who Jesus is, even when they don't see God at work. At this point, Jesus wasn't performing miracles. Jesus was just talking. And people who can see clearly are people who realize who Jesus is when they don't see God at work. They know that God is there even when they can't feel him. They know that they can't make a judgment call by just feeling the leg of an elephant. But they can only make a judgment call from seeing an elephant. You know, a few years ago, I, I've i always had a pretty decent prayer life. I've always made sure I spend time each day with the Lord in prayer. And I'll be honest, some of my prayer times, I was at a church that, you know, it was kind of, Old And some of the people were dying off. And so they didn't have much life to them, you know. It was like a funeral once a week in our church. I remember a couple of times just, and this is nothing to do with someone, but it's pretty funny. Well, not funny, but uh, there, there was uh, uh, at least at least once a month, you would hear just this, like, commotion going on. Like, my dad would be speaking. And they would be, like, taking a chair out and, like, carrying someone out on a chair because they've, like, had a heart attack or something, you know. Or they're having some kind of angina attack. It was like, I'm serious, Well, another one goes, another one bites the dust. I mean, it's not funny, but it was. And uh, but but you know, but I was in this church, and so my prayer time with God, I always felt was just like more uh, more energizing than our church services. So I always had this time, and if I didn't feel, I would always feel God. And then there came a period in my life when I would pray, but I couldn't feel God. And I would read my Bible, and it was just like nothing was there. Nothing had changed in my life. My relationship with God was still the same, but I couldn't feel it. And I kept thinking, God, are you even there? Where are you? Because I couldn't see clearly. And I recognize now when I pray that God hears. Even if I can't hear him or feel him or touch him, God is there. Because when you can see clearly, you know God is there. So those people, uh, uh, the people who see clearly are the people who believe that God can heal them even when there is sickness all around. The people who can see clearly are the ones that know that God provides even in the midst of a personal recession. The people who can see clearly are those who forgive when someone doesn't deserve forgiveness. The people who see clearly are those who look past others' faults and failures and give people a chance because they know that God gave them a chance. These are the people who are crazy, stupid, and dumb to those who are in spiritual darkness because they go against every earthly sense there is and they live by a heavenly sense. They are the people who Jesus has opened their eyes. As we close. Jesus, one day, before he performed any miracle, before Jesus had taught any sermon, one day he walked into his local synagogue. And the guy who was leading the service handed Jesus the Holy Scriptures. And he read Isaiah chapter 61. And this is what Jesus said that day, or what Jesus read. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed or chosen me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He has rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes of the synagogue looked to him intently and then he began to speak. The scriptures we've heard today has been fulfilled this very day. Did you see that in there? It says Jesus has come to give sight to the blind. The chosen one has come to give sight to the blind, to the physical blind and the spiritual blind. And those three people, those three types of people I read out today, The ones who live in the light, but they're kind of partially blind. Those who live in darkness who are fully blind or those who have 20-20 vision and they can clearly see. I don't know which one of those you are today. I know my life, I said there's some things in my life I can see clearly. But then there were other things in my life I don't see clearly and I question God. My guess this morning is that for the most of us. We are people who are seeing the light. We know the teachings of Jesus. But the reality is, is we are like the five blind men. Our decisions in life, our perspective of life, and our faith in God is dictated by what we feel and we experience. So we feel a leg and we think an elephant is a leg. We don't see the whole picture. However, the truth is, if we're like those five blind men, there is a sixth man. And that sixth man is a man who sees the whole picture. He sees what we don't see. And he's laid out what he sees through the gospel of Jesus Christ in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. He sees clearly and he has come to this earth so that you will see clearly as well. He hasn't come so that you can just be enlightened. He has come so that the blind will see. And I don't know where you are in your life right now. I don't know what situations that you may be struggling. You can't see God in. I know there's times in my life where I'm like, God, are you even listening? Are you even there Because I've been blind. I can just see the light. But God has come. Jesus has come so that you can see clearly. Because God is an eye opener. He is an eye opener.